everyone, welcome to another episode of Poetry Says. My name is Alice and today I have a poem to share with you, to sort of look at with you and try to muddle my way through by Frank O'Hara, who is a poet who I've really resisted over the course of doing this podcast. O'Hara seems like such an obvious choice from some angles to talk about. He's so famous, uh, he has such a legacy, he's influenced so many poets. But for a long time, I just haven't been able to get into him. I just, a lot of his poems have left me cold. I did study a couple of O'Hara poems in the Modern and Contemporary American Poetry course. We did The Day Lady Died and Why I Am Not a Painter. And I sort of liked them, but they didn't really stick with me. They certainly weren't the poems from that course that jumped out as kind of touchstone poems at all. But I love the idea of O'Hara. I love his thoughts around personism, around writing to real people, about real people. And I have his uh, selected poems here, which I bought quite a few years ago in a fit of peak, thinking I'm going to get into O'Hara. And I basically never really picked it up. But whenever I did pick it up, one of the things I loved was so many of the poems are addressed to real people using their full names. When he's not using full names, you can tell he's talking to a very specific person about a very specific experience. And I don't know, maybe there is something in that that can leave you feeling a bit shut out as a reader. Um, I know that's that's a concern of many people who write in that specific way. But there's just something very intimate about it. It's kind of like eavesdropping on a conversation. So I do love that aspect of his work, that kind of honesty and willingness to just write to that person as opposed to an audience. I think that's really, really interesting. But yeah, like I said, so many of O'Hara's poems just left me cold for such a long time. But I've had a bit of a change of heart recently. I've had a really strange and difficult week last week. And I have been kind of in touch with a really dark place that my head doesn't often go to anymore, which is great. Um, And in that space, I was reaching for poems and thinking about who I could read that that might make me feel okay. And I don't know why I went for O'Hara, but um, I ended up picking up the selected and reading the poems. And all of a sudden, so many of them spoke to me. So many of them made sense. And I wonder now whether, you know, O'Hara has this reputation as this romantic poet, this poet of friendship, really expansive and very kind of like a casualness as well, like the I do this, I do that style. But now I'm wondering, maybe O'Hara is a poet of, you know, sadness. Maybe he's, maybe he's actually, maybe you need to be in a bit of a dark spot to really connect with him. I guess definitely not true of everyone, but that is how I came into contact with his work finally after all this time of having this selected on my desk. Yeah, it was just crazy just flicking through and every single one of these poems suddenly made sense. 
But the one that I wanted to muddle through with you today, and I say muddle through because it is a tricky little poem, is called Walking to Work. And before I get into this too, I want to talk a little bit about the mythos of O'Hara as the working poet, the poet who, like Wallace Stevens, wrote poetry as well as having an office job. Lunch Poems, his famous collection, was obviously written on his lunch break, or at least that's what we are told. And yeah, for such a long time when I was doing my many years of working in an office and trying to be a poet at the same time, O'Hara was one of those poets, um, like Wallace Stevens as well, that I held myself up to and thought, well, if they can do it, maybe I can do it. And I guess what I never factored in was that O'Hara is wandering around New York on his lunch break. He is probably having a full hour for starters. He doesn't have a phone. He doesn't have email and he doesn't have his boss sending him updates on the Market Insights report or, uh, you know, a meeting request to come and talk about God knows what. Um, Yeah, I'm just going back to work mode. Oh my God, so scary. (laughs) Um, Yeah, O'Hara's working in a different environment. Stephen's the same. Stephen's is walking to work dictating his poems to his secretary, leaving at four. It's just no comparison to be had, really. And, yeah, I think it's important to keep saying that because, yeah, I think we really can tend to get very wrapped up in what are the what were the working habits of the writers who we look up to. And the fact is our lives are just really different. And writing poetry in 2019, is it has to look different. It just has to. And yeah, sometimes you're going to write something into your iPhone. And sometimes it's going to be good. And sometimes it's going to be very bad. But that's okay. It's written. It's down. It's somewhere. So that's my little sidebar rant for you. But the poem I'm going to share with you today is a work poem. It's called Walking to Work. It's going to be the sunny side from now on. Get out, all of you. This is my traffic over the night. And how should I range my pride each oceanic morning, like a cutter? If I confuse the dark world is round, round who, in my eyes at morning, saves nothing from nobody. I'm becoming the street. Who are you in love with? Me? Straight against the light I cross. So that one was written in 1952. It doesn't sound anything like what you would expect a poem in the early 1950s to sound like, I suppose. I mean, you probably would think about, you know, some some formal techniques being used, some uh, some rhyming schemes, some patterns of some sort. This poem is very messy on the page. It's got some very, very bold line breaks and stanza breaks in it. And sentences are interrupted by those line breaks and stanza breaks all over the shop. And I was just thinking about this before and thinking about the last line, straight against the light I cross. And kind of realizing that this pattern of interrupting sentences and thoughts 
kind of reflects the walk that O'Hara might have taken. You know, he might be dodging a fire hydrant or um, some traffic. He might decide to go to the other side of the street to get some coffee on his way or something like that. And it sort of, it shows this meandering path through the use of, of all these weird, jarring line breaks. And obviously the syntax is pretty messy as well. Um, in the middle of the poem, meaning sense starts to break down a bit, where he says, if I confuse the dark world is round, round who in my eyes at morning saves nothing from nobody, so circular I cannot figure out where to pick meaning out of that um, it's the kind of meaning that is just going to connect with you on kind of an unconscious level I think yeah it just it's just not syntactically right but it is fantastic I love how it begins with a really strong declarative statement but that statement is again it's broken by a line break so he says it's going to be the sunny side from now on there's a break between now and on though and then that line continues get out all of you there's a lot of resolution in that there's a lot of not so much a dismissiveness as a yeah like a really strong resolve it's going to be the sunny side from now on intimates of course that it hasn't been the sunny side for a while and yeah it's like things are going to be different now i'm walking to work it's going to be the sunny side from now on get out all of you i personally interpret the get out all of you to be all of you horrible dark thoughts that have been in my brain um I'm, it's going to be the sunny side a second stanza this is my traffic over the night and how should i range my pride beautiful rhyme there this is my traffic over the night well Again, we've got a really fantastic, ambiguous this to work with here. This could refer to the poem. It could refer to the, the walk that O'Hara is on. Yeah, the motion. I like to think of the idea of just moving one's body being part of getting out of that darkness as well. How should I range my pride each oceanic morning like a cutter? So that's between the second and third stanzas that clause is kind of broken there i had to look up what a cutter was it's a type of boat so i guess it makes sense in reference to the oceanic morning how fantastic is the idea of an oceanic morning just the sense of possibility in that phrase it's it's really stunning really really stunning i absolutely love that yeah and then we go back to this this really difficult section if i confuse the dark world is round round who in my eyes at morning saves nothing from nobody we've got two references to morning in there i've just realized perhaps there's something in that there's again this kind of like a fresh start like we're starting again things are going to be different now and then the next line is i'm becoming the street Obviously, this is not literal, but we know that feeling, right? If we are people who spend time walking, you kind of know what it is to get into this point of you've been walking for a while and you're just in a rhythm and you're just becoming the connection between your body and the 
ground that you're walking on. And after a while, it doesn't really matter where you're going either. You're just walking. You're becoming the street. And yeah, the end of the poem is really fascinating. Who are you in love with? Me? Straight against the light I cross. So again, there's this kind of dismissiveness there too, I think. Who are you in love with? Me? Oh, I don't care. I'm just going to cross the road now. <laughs> I'm not interested. Um, if, if you are in love with me or someone else, I'm just crossing the road. I'm not even waiting for the lights. I'm just going to go for it. Yeah, so in this O'Hara poem, I guess love doesn't matter so much. I think the you at the end of the poem would probably be different to the all of you at the start of the poem. But there does, in both, um, both instances, there's this sense of just get away from me. You know, you're causing me trouble. Yeah. Who are you in love with? Me? Straight against the light I cross. Get out, all of you. Yeah, he's, he's, he's drawing a line in the sand in this poem, I think O'Hara is. He's deciding it's going to be the sunny side. Yeah, that one just really connected with me the other day, I thought. There's one more that I will share with you too. It's one that... It's the only poem in this collection that I actually consistently enjoy because it is such a joyful poem. And again, I think so many of the poems in this collection are just not coming from that place. And so that's probably why they didn't connect with, with me personally. But I'll leave you with this last one that I really love and I've shared with so many of my friends because I just think it's so fantastic. Yeah, it's a really celebratory poem. So I'm, I'm not going to leave you in, the, in that dark space. Don't worry. This is from 1950. It's called Today. Oh, kangaroos, sequins, chocolate sodas, you really are beautiful. Pearls, harmonicas, jujubes, aspirins, all the stuff they've always talked about still makes a poem a surprise. These things are with us every day, even on beachheads and beers. They do have meaning. They're strong as rocks. <laughs>